the fire beast. No one among the cave people knew how to kindle a fire. On several occasions, when they found the trees in the forest aflame, strong arm had borne back to the hollow a blazing branch. Immediately, all the other cave people were seized with desire to have the torches, and they swarmed around the skirts of the blaze and secured bearers. Also, on on this bed toward home, and a hollow amid horror, Roars of laughter and much pride, till the sparks of one of the branches flew into the flopsy hair of stumbler and set him aflame. And the other cave people dropped their brows in terror, and the stumbler beat his head with his hand, uttering shrill cries of pain. A strong arm advanced steadily toward the river, scrunting his disgust. Bah, bah, he said many times, spitting the words from his mouth. Strong arm was a great man of the tribe. No one among the rock cave people would jump so far, less so large as rock as he. His back was broader than his shoulders of the other men. His head was less flat, his eyes were very keen, and so many things. When they reached the hollow, strong arm gathered dry leaves and sticks and built a bonfire upon the rocks, and the old woman greybeard came out of the cave and marvelled at his work. The young man put leaves and branches and leaves and fed the flames. And when the night came on, Cable sat around the fire and laughed together, for the wolves came out of their holes and showed their white fangs, and yellow eyes gleamed for the darkness they hovered on the edge of the woods, for they were afraid. For in the night the cave people danced, while the flames from the fire brightened the whole hollow. They beat their hands together and chanted two tones from a minor strain. Not till they were worn out with dancing and fuel gathering did they call back to the caves. But the morning the fire was dead. Grey ashes marked the spot of the gaiety. Cave people were filled with awe and wonder. They learned many things. The next time strong arm brought a blazing barrow to the hollow, he discovered the fire burnt best when the branches met the face of the wind and the time they learned to coax of coals to live through the night by covering them carefully with ash and that moss. And along with my careful works to care, capable, capable people. Able to hunt with the men came in time to be natural caretakers of the fire. It was a foolish one at first, in the fit of wantonness. Through a hunk of bear meat upon the coals, it was strong arm, and wise have fished it out again. In those days, bear meat was not to be had all the time. A famine followed close behind the heels of feasting, fasting. Upon often a chunk of meat, of bear meat, was the most precious thing in the world. Strong arm ate the steak where he had poked from the coals and found it delicious. He threw more chunks in the fire and gave them to gay people. Other than the other each, Everyone threw his meat into the flames. By the by, the state, by and by, they struck great chunks, hunks of raw fish, f- raw flesh upon long sticks, and broiled br- br- them upon the fire. No longer as darkness crept 
over the world will locate men false in their case of safety. Secure around the fire, they dance and charge rude measures within the mock their enemies. A man lying in the grey walls who came forth from the night and watched them hungrily from afar. For the times that the nut season come and gone since the birth of a little laughing boy, he could not remember one day only when the fire had not burned upon the rocks in the hollow. Ever since he'd been able to walk, he trotted at his mother's heels down the shore. The fair was cool, chill, and squatted very close to the coals for the warmth, was very pleasant to his, his small body. His mother quack quack, which meant well duck in the language of the cave people, always screamed shrilly to him and gestured wildly, while he, till he crept back up out of danger, where she scurled the woods for logs and branches. And they lay, every day we crawled down to the river, and found no fire on the shore. And his father, strong arm, had gone upon a long journey. Many paths he had crossed his journey, along the bank of the river, to a friendly neighbouring tribe. He turned after several sons, a good fire in his hands. Since then, the cave people attended the fire more carefully than ever. Thus, lovely boy came to know that fire was a friend, a friend who protected the cave from the wild animals of the forest. He knew also it was very good to feel warm warmth near his brown body. When the days were cool, it hurt very much if it touched his fingers. Lovely boy always ran on the side of his mother, quack quack, tagging at her heels of hanging on his shoulders. Although a very big boy, as cave boys grew, he never been winged and always when he grew cold or hungry. He ran down at her side and pulled her breast, a queer little grunts and cries. In the bad season, Crack Crack grew very thin as laughing boy nursed her breast. When he, was four years, when he was four years old, the fruit was dead, and nuts and berries were nowhere to be found. The fork of the river to bend far below, Crack Crack felt that she could no longer endure or pushed him but push him up from her again and again, giving him bits of meat and flesh to chew. Once over the well, months the keeper people were hunted twelve days without bringing home any large game. The eyes of the people drew deep with hunger, the faces were drawn and gaunt. A few fish had been they caught and ran found a bit of roots and some scurry timbers, but these meant this meant only a ma- yeah, but these meant only a mouthful to the cave people. When they could, one and all had devoured great chunks of food, meat. Shomar sat on the bank of the river one whole day, but the stones had driven the fish upstream. He caught only two small ones that fluttered and beat themselves against the sticks. He ran in the mud after the fashion of the fence. Quack Quack was often alone in the hollow, felt the glorying pangs of hunger where kingly Every day is his weekly thrust, laughing by from abreast again and again in Stegan in the forest and after fresh field. And then uh, came a time when the hunger and brain grew so strong, only that she must satisfy them. But she, when, then she pulled Pushin's laughing boy into the cave, which is a place that served to her, and strong arm was a home for her home, and a light, mighty effort rolled of stone before the entrance of laughing boy, too was very hungry, but she knew she was safe from the beasts of the forest. She heard his, his, his low growls, and he turned her back on hollow, and hurried away towards the branch of the river, causing only when she saw the scrub ends of wild plants, summoning them. They found nothing to eat, 
Only many, only many holes where the cave people have thrust the sticks and search the roots. Crack came continuing away, almost forgetting the mountain lion. A danger sailed about, but the hunger passion was strong within her. Wild goat duck, she, she sought them new. Their taunts of old is because of her skill in catching them, as she read her name among the cave people. But know any other, she knew their habits and how to catch and kill one another that could kill one among them without alarming the flock. This she had discovered when she was a very little girl. In these days it had been almost impossible for the cave people to catch the wild duck. While they were sometimes successful in killing one, the others always scattered and terrorous. Soon they began to return guard of the cave people to their enemies immediately one of them appeared in alarm. Appeared alarm was taken given. But when Crack Crack is the mother laughing boy was ten years old and the cave people were disgusted before because the wild ducks eluded them so quickly. She found a way to see the to see the flocks. She had waded into the fork of the river with great green leaves of coconut plum wet and flapping around the head. The sun was very hot. She stood quietly among the rushes. The flock of wild ducks swam slowly down the stream. Suddenly she stretched out of her arm under the water and seized one of the ducks by the legs and drew him down. Then the rest of the flock, suspicious of danger, swam on slowly round the bend. Professor Frederick Starr says in some First hit steps in permanent progress. It is all method of catching wild ducks is still practiced by the tribes in Patagonia. But a little brown girl ran out and went to beholding the duck when she which was dead. Her mother was very proud as well as a young brown girl, all the people clapped in their hands and said, Good, good. A young man said, Woman, meaning she has grown well wise. After that, everybody called her the quack quack of the voice of a wild duck. And Quack Quack grew very proud of her accomplishment and spent long hours hiding in the duck rushes for the ducks. All the cave people put leaves and bark over their heads in order to hide themselves and tried to catch them, as the girl, young girl had done. But they were always frightened away the flocks, even when they were lucky enough to seize one of the ducks. Many years ago, days have passed since the brown girl discovered a new way of hunting by the brown, by the brown woman, whom they called Quack Quack. Had not forgotten. She could not forget what a great hunger in her breast as she slipped through the wood among the riverbank. Gently she stepped, making no sound. Literally, every little while she potted the brushes lining in the river with her hands and peered through. But there were no ducks, and she caught her breath each time eagerly and went further on, twitching her ears nervously. When she was almost exalted after some time, she again potted the brush. Now she her eyes flashed, her little, her small nostrils quivered, and her hands worked convulsively. But there, not very far ahead, eventually drowsing near the vases, she saw a solitary wild duck. The brown woman drew in her breath and slowly, very softly, withdrew from the bush and stepped, bent her arms further up the river. By the way, she tore a long strip of bright bark down from a tree and wound it carefully round her hand and face. Then she plunged it in the river, until it rose above her shoulders, and she waded very gently with the current down the stream. The water was very cold, but Quack Quack clutched her hands slightly and stepped onward deeper into the sluggish current, so only the rough bark from which covered her head remained in view. 
slowly, very slowly, she fell very away over the soft bottom, making no sound, causing not even a ripple in the water. A small barrow floated in her side as she kept pace with it, going no faster, no slower, then it drifted till she came close, very close, to motionless duck. Then her hands shot forth and she dragged it sharply under the water. But it was not alone. There was none to take flight as it cries and quack quack. The brown woman scrambled up the bank, wrinkling the, wringing the duck's neck as she ran. She shivered in the wind and shielded herself in the bush. Then, lying fat on the ground, buried her teeth in the duck's breast. Swiftly she ate, making loud noises with her lips, grunting joyously. Not until the last portion. As gone did she rise and turn her face toward the hollow. A summit stagged with its heavy load and she walked slowly, glutted, glutted with food. When the people saw her, they cried out, Wild duck, wild duck. They looked at her stomach big and extended. They were very miserable. For they knew what in what manner she had earned their name. The fire and the rocks in the hollow were cold and dead. And Shaman was very angry, but Crack Wet said nothing. She heard the cry laughing boy. She slipped in the cave. And she threw herself on the bed, a dead leaves, and drew him whimpering to her breast.